Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Uh, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opolewski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing good. It's good to be with you. Always a joy to spend time catching up with each other, encouraging each other, and, and sometimes laughing at each other. You know, yes. Yeah. Just... <laughs> you can't laugh at your friends. You better not laugh at your enemies, right? So right. You, you can't laugh with your friends or at them. <laughs> good, good. So we are in the midst of summer. I know we're coming up soon on um, our 200th episode. We're going to be talking about that a little bit next week. But today, uh, what's on your heart? What's on your mind for, for the people that are listening today? Yeah, episode 195 today. Uh, Jim, this is uh, maybe one of the most practical odds hmm. we've ever recorded. Um, yeah. And it we entitled it, So You Have a New Team Member, Now What? Now What? <laughs> uh, you know, you and I have spent a lot of time on the podcast over the last three years, more than three years now, uh, talking about this idea of releasing people versus recruiting people yes uh and i wonder jim could you just give us like the three minute overview of that great uh yeah and help us because then what i'd like to do is is remind people of that and then here's kind of a next step once that process is successful and we get somebody released properly then what do we do with them that's where i'd like to focus this podcast on so Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. I, I think that's a little known or little appreciated truth uh, in, in the average pastor's mind. When we're thinking about how do we get people to work the nursery, we're thinking who has a volunteer's heart, who has a clean record, <laughs> you know, who, yeah. who, who will say yes to my request. And we all know that there, there are a handful of people that do the, the vast majority of serving in the local church. And, and it just isn't a, a biblical concept that only 20% of us would have a ministry and 80% of us would, would show up, but that's pretty normal. So as, as we look at this, there are things that God has given to every individual that are uniquely theirs. They have a passion, that's a clue. There's a pain, that's a clue to that, that purpose. And there's a proficiency. And, and we've done teaching on this, go back and look at it, but passion, pain, proficiency, producing three circles that overlap like an Olympic flag, you'll see that there's a place where all three of those touch. And that's where we draw the X and we call it the sweet spot. And if you can help somebody discover what their sweet spot is, and then and then utilize them or release them in the local church, not, not to do something you need them to do, but to be something that God created them to be, it completely yeah. flips the script. So every pastor knows this, the, the nursery worker, the head of the nursery comes up and says, we need more workers. It happens every Sunday, in almost every church all over all over our country, maybe all over the world. And so the, the bulletin announcement goes out, and then the pulpit announcement goes out, and then there's the sermon series on serving in your local church. And really what we're trying to do is find three people that we can we can get into that room because the, the two people that are there every week are tired of being in that room every week. They, they're looking for a way out, and eventually they'll burn out, and they'll quit, and then we have real problems. So Instead of instead of the bulletin announcements, what if we just invited people to coffee and we asked them, what's your passion, what's your pain, what's your proficiency? And if, because I believe God sends the right people to the right places at the right time, we discover someone who goes, I just really love babies. You say, really, what's, what's your pain? You know, uh, just 
there's not enough men in, in children's lives, you know, and as a man, I'd, I'd love to be involved in kids' lives at a deeper level. What's your proficiency? I don't know. I really love kids, though. So I, it's an obvious thing now. So here's last thing I had to say on this. If you do get people from recruiting them to go work in the ministry so that your ministry can grow in a way, they would kind of have a claim of, I got used by my local church. I, I'm being not utilized, used. We all, yeah. we, everybody that leaves your church to go to another church that was involved. I just got burned out. I just got, I just got overused. I just need to sit in the back pew. But what if we flipped the script and we discovered them and, and we released them to be who they are? Um, all of a sudden, instead of you owing them a favor because they volunteered, they owe you a favor because you're one of the five people that changed your life and discovered them. And these are by far the best workers you will ever have. They show up early. They want to learn how to pray because they love the people they're serving. They want to learn the word because they want to teach it well. All of a sudden, all the Christian disciplines make sense. So I think that was about three minutes, but that's, yeah, that's the very good. Was, I'm, in, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> you being able to do that in three minutes. Um, and, and it's such a powerful, powerful way to approach building teams. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet I wonder what happens to some folks that have found their why, they found their purpose, and they're released yep. into it. And the onboarding process <laughs> leaves something yeah. to be desired. And so I'd like to talk about the yeah. onboarding. So this is after Great. we have success, getting them in the yeah. right spot, you know, yeah. doing the right things. Um, you know, what what happens after that occurs? You know, the, I believe this too. Yeah. The first the first 30 days on a new team are the most important 30 days in that person's Absolutely. experience with you. Or whoever is leading the team they're on. I, I think the first 30 days are highly important. A um, couple of baselines uh, with this. The onboarding process, which we're going to describe today, your onboarding process should be flawless. Yes. You yes, have please. 100% control over the onboarding process. Yeah. There's no excuse. There's no... Yeah. The only excuse you could have is you don't know how to do it. But if you're listening or watching today, yeah. we hope that by the time we're finished, you'll know how to. And then yeah. that that excuse is, is removed. And yeah. so that's the first baseline. Second baseline is is this that intentionality wins. Um, you know, and and I would say take good notes today. We, we have show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Print those right. show notes off. And keep them somewhere where you're going to see them um, so that you remember to execute what we're going to lay out for you today consistently. So, Jim, that's yeah. kind of like foundationally where I'd like to leap off. Right on. Yeah. Jump. Okay. So let us share the system with you. Seven pieces to it. Uh, it it's wow. Seven pieces. That might sound like a lot. It really isn't. Um, here's the first thing that we think would be a good idea once you've released somebody into their God-given why, and that is to review with them the ministry description. Yes, yes. Here's Here are the outcomes we're looking for. Yeah. Um, here are some of the minimum qualifications. Um, yeah. Here's what you do when uh, you don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's a It's a half-pager. Uh, maybe yep. three quarter of a pager uh, description of the role and the expectations therein. 
If you don't have a description, write one. Yes. You don't know how to write a description, give us a call and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll help you. So that would be the first thing. Just sit down first with that thing. new individual and say, here's what here's what this role looks like. Here's what it requires. Yes. I, I, here's one thing I think is really a good idea there too, Jim, is to give them an idea of how many hours in a month yeah. this role is going to take. Yep. Just so they have a, you know, there's no um, confusion over what you're asking them to commit to. Yeah. So that's the first one. Second one, yep. get the new team member what they need to serve. Now that sounds like a well-done statement, doesn't it? But people may be surprised how frustrating these volunteers are when they walk into the room and the sound system doesn't work and, and, and they don't know how to communicate. And so, no, I keep, keep talking. This is very common. Yeah. So if you're, let's use children's ministry for an example. So some of the necessary items that you're probably going to need, you know, like some sort of identifier, right? That you're part of the children's ministry, whether it's a t-shirt or a lanyard, uh, or keys to the room or the way to get into the room. Uh, you know, these are good indicators that you're part of the team, right? Uh, yeah. If, you know, here's how you turn on the soundboard. Uh, yeah. if, if, you know, some churches use uh, software to schedule. And yeah. a planning center is, and, and, you know, we're not advocating planning center, but that's one yeah. I'm familiar with. Yeah, and it would be really nice if they had their login yeah. planning center and they knew how to use it. And, <laughs> and so think about what does this person need to be successful just from the practical items and make sure they have them. Yes. Um, one of my brother-in-laws, uh, just a swell guy. I love him so much. He, uh, he took a new job. He's retired, a retired cop and mm-hmm. uh, just a, just a great guy. Loves the Lord. And he uh, he wanted something to do after retirement, you know, so he's working a part-time job. And I remember him telling me, Jim, that uh, the first week he didn't have a desk. He didn't have any electronic device to do any. He didn't know what to do for a week. Yeah. And I, I, I just felt the anguish. <laughs> yeah. He was going through, and I don't think anybody who's watching or listening today thinks that's a good idea, right? That they, they no. see the <laughs> they see the folly of that. Um, maybe sometimes we do that to people who land on one of our teams. Yeah, and for the first week, two weeks, three weeks, or maybe never, they don't have the tools they need to be successful. Right. So that's the second piece of this. Yeah. Uh, this system, uh, and Jim, yeah. you can jump in anytime you want. Um, here's a third one, and I'm I'm very interested in your thoughts on this third piece. Yeah, you think that it's a good idea in this onboarding process to to job shadow. So, mm-hmm. this new person on a team, uh, have them job shadow a couple of times with the best person on that team. Yes, yeah, the highest performer. Um, and we, you know, we want your new teammates to learn from the best leaders. Uh, yes. the best workers what do you think about the job shadowing piece of this <clears throat> i i it's funny and i i don't want to it'll be 30 seconds but i could ramble on it for days discipleship is not exclusively educational indoctrinational classroom work discipleship is people it's it's follow me and i'll make you 
But I, I would say the best place to disciple a new convert or someone that is just wanting to grow in their faith is exactly the environment that you just described. So that the mature, the leader, the servant, the person you want 10 more of should be the person teaching those who, who are coming in. And, and because their life will model beyond their, their doctrinal words, their, their marriage, their kids, their generosity, their faith will model so well. So if somebody just got saved last Sunday, but they have a great heart, obviously you can't put them in charge of something. And, and, and most likely they don't want to go to a class to be taught. This is the Bible. This is prayer. This is fasting. But as you can get them involved in somebody's life who lives that lifestyle, they are just, just as disciples learn from Jesus, they'll be learning from, from their rabbi, from their teacher. So I, I think that discipling in the community of service is underrated. And one of the, one of the greatest opportunities we have to truly disciple people because it's, it's in their gift. It's in their interest. So hundred percent, hundred percent shadowing, discipling, uh, being covered in the dust of your rabbi, whatever you want to call it, man, that, that is it. Yeah. So get a good ministry description. If you don't yeah. have, well, you know, reach out for help, uh, get them the tools they need, hit them with your best people and yeah. let them shadow the, the role a few times. Here's the fourth thing that I think we missed, fourth part of this, and that is to provide some basic training. You know, uh, so it let's use children's ministry so easy, it's so right for the picking, you know. So yeah. here's a couple of things. If you're if you're you're releasing somebody that loves kids onto your team, uh, give them a written checklist where that applies, right? Like yeah. if you know, here's the 10 things you got to make sure happen. Um yeah. To, to complete your hour with these kids. Um, talk about what if scenarios. Yeah. You know, like if, if a child is unruly in, in children's church, here's what we do. Yeah. You know, if somebody, a parent asks you a question, you don't know, this is what we do. Yeah. Here's how we sign children in. Here's how we release yeah. children uh, yeah. to their parents. Uh, you know, ushers, let's, let's pick on ushers here for a minute. You know, here's how we handle an unruly adult. Yeah. Right. In service. Um, here's how we handle medical emergencies. This is what we're going to do. You know, so if a medical emergency happens, boom, 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 boom. Um, give them this baseline training. It's almost like, I don't know what the right terminology is to describe it, but it's just like quick hitting, you know, here's the here's the fundamentals. Here's some of the yeah. scenarios that we've experienced more than once. Yeah. And here's how we handle them uh, if they occur. Uh, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I, I, when when God talks to Moses and says, "I want you to go to Pharaoh. This is what you're born for. You, you've been I've been preparing you for 80 years. Here we go. You ready? Your market set. And, and Moses goes, "But well, well, what if they ask me a question I can't answer? What's what's your name? What what if they think I'm nuts for doing it? What so?" I, I think helping people fill in the what if questions yeah. so that they feel confident to walk into the, the the situations that we're putting them in, I think is very helpful. And it and it, it's what's funny is one answer um is good for just about every question that you don't want to, don't feel qualified to answer. It's just call the office, talk to the pastor, right? Because they're we we can as a servant in the church, we can always appeal to authority above us if we're not comfortable. Uh, but you're like you're saying, this unruly person. 
and service stands up, starts protesting something. What are we going to do? Yeah. There should be a protocol for that because I, as we learned in children's ministry, so it is an adult ministry. If we don't have a wonderful program prepared for them, they have a wonderful program prepared for us. And so we, we need to be ready. And I think too, it adds purpose. Now that usher is looking in a different way, they're not just there to collect yeah. the money and go stand on the four way and talk about the ball game. They right. recognize they have a responsibility. They're serving, they're a shepherd. I, we're, by giving people more responsibility, we're telling them, in, in essence, you are more responsible. We trust you at this level. So yeah. you're not burdening people. You're giving them purpose and meaning. And I think that's really important. Um, here's a fifth point or fifth component yeah. of the great onboarding process. And that's introducing the new team member to the rest of the team. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little shocked at how often this gets <laughs> missed. I keep laughing because you know, I we we both know stories, right? Of the person that this is this isn't this isn't theory. This is testimony that we're sharing today. Yeah, right. Like I think we make an assumption that the team members know each other. Uh, yeah. the, the larger your church, the more that's not true. Yeah, and uh, and so make sure that they learn and are introduced to the existing team. Here's a yeah. here's a sixth piece. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we talked about job shadowing. I would make a little marker in your calendar that you're going to follow up with the person who was being shadowed. Yes. To see how's this fit? Yeah. How's it going? Um, and if they say, hey, it's a good fit, man, you're off to a great start, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. If they see some warning flags, with this new teammate, it might require yeah. revisiting the three circles conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that new team member to determine, you know, what's going on. Is it, is it, it did right. we miss something in that, in that series of yeah. conversations? Or yes. is there something that just on the, with the onboarding that isn't uh, registering or connecting to you? But I like this idea of circling back and checking with that person. We call them a yeah. trainer, maybe. Say, how is Joe doing uh, from your perspective? Yeah. Um, and then one more here is to follow up with that new team member. Yeah. So I, I like this 30-day idea. So maybe after yeah. 30 to 45 days or whatever, if they've had a couple of shots at serving, um, yeah. I'd like to ask them, hey, what do you see that we might be able to do better? Right. Um, there's right. great power in a fresh set of eyes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, we, we are often blind to things a new person sees immediately. Yeah. And yeah. This, this is true on every level of life. We used to live in a, uh, up in uh, the northern part of the Lower Peninsula, and we would come down, Jim, out of our subdivision to the Grand Traverse Bay. You know, beautiful, beautiful water. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, after about three months of that, it just kind of lost its luster. Like, I got used to yeah. it. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't notice it as much. And 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 what happens, uh, there's a term for it. It's called eye fatigue. Yeah. And I think we have we get eye fatigue on our teams sometimes. Yeah. So it, what a what a great way to get better uh as a team, as a ministry, to ask some of the new folks, what do you see? Yeah. What are you noticing? Um yeah. and you know. There's a little bit of risk associated with that, right? They might give you an outlandish idea that you're not going yeah. to implement, but that's all right. I think I think right. more often than not, you're going to get some good feedback, and it will help you uh, make 
children's ministry, nursery ministry, small groups, you name it. Yeah. Better and, yes. and more productive. So, so Jim, it's just this yeah. like, like seven step simple thing that I think if uh, we did this on a regular basis, here's a, here's a couple of things I think would happen. Um, I think we would have more longevity on our teams. Yes. Somebody yeah. who's frustrated in their first 30 days on a new team is really hard to have the three circles conversation with again. Yeah. Yeah. Because they say, well, you know what? Been down this path. It was a bad experience. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure I want to do that again. Yes. A lot what of that. You, what do you think about that that part of it, Jim? Yeah. We're... When we say, hey, we'd love to have you be a part of our church. We want you to take that next step in to, to serving, and then they have a bad experience. It, it, like you're saying, that it not only harms that circumstance, it potentially harms future circumstances because, you know, what they wanted is not who I am. Or I would have served in the worship team, but that old lady with the, with the key to the organ just thinks she's God. I mean, she's miserable to be around and you know, we, we will learn a lot from the people that join our teams because like you're saying, the fresh eyes, creating a great experience. And again, if the devil wants to interrupt, if he can't stop our salvation, then what would be next? He wants to stop our fruitfulness. So yeah. this is that, that point where you become you, which is truly one of the most satisfying. I mean, one of the most satisfying things we can ever experience is being who God made us to be in a fruitful way. So if, if he couldn't have stopped your salvation, this is where, this is what we're going to try next because the last thing he wants it's for David to know he's a giant killer, Moses to know that he's a, a deliverer. Um, he doesn't want him to know those things. He wants him to think he's some young kid, some some guy that's a murderer that ran away. Like he, yeah. So for us to say we believe God has something great for you, that you're created for such a time as this, that you know the works were prepared in advance for you to do, you're the right thing at the right place at the right time, and then they go and have a bad experience is an abortive act that, that we – we are responsible for and to make sure that it does not happen. Um, yeah, I, somebody said this a long time ago, uh, winning the backdoor war. And I forget the guy's name, but he used a phrase, Jonathan Gainsborough. He used the phrase, if people don't be long before too long, they say so long. Yeah. Uh, and so they're asking, can I be a part of the inner workings of this? I want to be long. And if they can't, that doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And we don't know it. One of these days will say, whatever happened to, to Fred? I He and Wilma used to attend and they got involved in the kids ministry and we never saw him again. And I think every pastor knows that story. They've heard it. They've seen it. Yeah. And this is the reason why some of the time. And do you think, you know, you know, Ephesians 2.10, God prepared these works in advance, right? Yeah. Yeah. What would it be like if we prepared a process in advance? Yes. Yeah. You know, there's something, there's something wonderfully value added when it says God prepared these in advance. Yeah. 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 It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel thought about. It makes me feel cared for. It yeah. makes me feel like there's real eternal purpose to this. Yeah. And I know it's not apples to apples, but the thought process to me is similar that, you know, not only does God have good works prepared in advance for you, but boy, we have a process that we've thought through, yeah. we've tested, we've test driven this, we've yeah. learned, we've made improvements to it, and you're going to have an amazing onboarding experience. 
in this particular, I, I just think there is so much to be gained yeah. by doing this well. Um, you know, I think first impressions matter. Mm-hmm. And they set a tone. And I think it's never easier to influence a new team member's behavior than when they are a blank slate yeah. and eager to learn and yeah. change. You have yeah. an opportunity in those first 30 days to make an indelible yeah. imprint on this individual that's on your team. And you might say, well, gosh, that yeah. sounds almost like you're bloviating or you're making a bigger deal of this than really mm-hmm. should be. I just want to say categorically, I don't believe we're making big enough deal no. about this. Right, right. So pa- yeah. pastor, leader, um, yes, learn the three circles. Learn how to get yeah. comfortable with that conversation. Learn the power of releasing. But please, please, please follow that up with a flawless flop process to get those people off to a great start. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a just a, a maybe a closing thought, John. Is if, if right. those who are watching, am I, I'm talking about the height of a pyramid and the base of a pyramid. We all get excited when this number of people attend, but we ignore the fact that this number of people, this tall height of this pyramid, is sustained by the base of the pyramid. The base, those who are in the base, those who are your core, those who serve on a regular basis, they predetermine the size of your congregation. Right. So. So I say, I don't have time for this. I, I've got to do these other things. I, my, my church is growing. It's like, not for long. If you have ministry for 100 people, you will soon have 100 people. Now, you may have 50 today, or you may have 300 today, but you'll soon have 100 people based upon that, that base of people that bring ministry with them that have been released properly, that have been followed up on, that got a job description. This is, we get all excited about Easter, and, and I, I'm excited about it too. There's nothing wrong with the big number days, right? But but why why is that the one time a year? I, I think Easter should set a high water mark for the following year. Today's Easter should be next year's average. We learned a lot about how to handle that many people. We learn what we need. We need, we learn what we need to release people. We we know we need to shift people over, and we we needed extra services. Whatever it was, there's no reason why if you continue to build that base of ministry, that God will not provide people that need it. Yeah, that is ministry. It's yeah. it's leading people to do the works that God created them to do. So I, I agree completely. So, and I would say this too, those who are listening and watching, this may seem overwhelming. It's not. It's a, the, the, tell, just, I know we do this from time to time, John. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and have a conversation about this or anything else, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, they reach out to us uh, via our website, convergecoach.com. And there is a contact us link. And you will get 30 minutes with one of our teammates. Might not be me. Yeah. It might be me. Just depends on. Yeah. It depends on the queue and, yeah. uh, and who's yeah. in the queue and, and that. But you'll get 30 minutes uh, with no obligation. Yeah. And we might be able to help you in 30 minutes. And that's all the help you need. But if you need more help, yeah. we're available. To right. Assist. Right. So we we believe in you. We love you. We care about you. We know that you have dreams. And today's episode was about helping you understand how to see those dreams come to pass. If you're uh, my pastor back in Phoenix used to say, uh, soul winning is a solution to every problem. Just keep leading people to Jesus. And that's not a salvation experience. Leading people to Jesus is leading them to the Jesus who believes in them and releasing them in, in meaningful ways. So if we can help you in any way, shape or form. Um, that in many ways is the greatest payday we get to enjoy is watching leaders thrive 
So uh, I feel like Jerry Maguire, but help us help you, you know, in, in this. And uh, and we will we will continue as we, we have in this next week. You want to tell us about the next five episodes, John? Is that a quick teaser for the next sure. five? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're coming up on uh, episode 200. I can't believe 200, yeah. Jim. That's just, just a big number. And uh, so we are going to uh, intro uh, the top five most watched and listened to podcasts over the last three and a half years. And wow. uh, we'll be counting them down. We'll, we'll uh, be recording a fresh intro. Uh, yeah. to all of them and, and just queuing up the, the session but these are the ones yeah. that listeners and watchers said we love the most and yeah. uh, we uh, over the next several weeks we want to share those with you again and uh, and so that's what we're going to be doing all the way through episode 200 love it remember Casey Kasem's top 40 countdown that's I what do. this is you got to be 45 <laughs> years old or older and most of it was disco when I first started listening but we promise you there'll be no disco Neither yes. one of us will go be wearing spandex pants, and uh, you'll enjoy every every episode. So, God bless you. We're praying for you. It's Tuesday, and you haven't quit. Uh, you continue. Just keep pressing on as you continue to lead from alignment. <laughs>